Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Good morning, good morning. This is the college football reaction and recap of week 14. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And man, did we have a lot go on during rivalry week. Holy mackerel. <laughs> what a what a few days it has been. We started on, really started on Tuesday uh, with a couple of Mac games. And then Thursday with the Egg Bowl was bananas. All right, we already got people jumping in on the chat. Big D is in. He said, what's up? Mike jumps in. He said, what's up? What's up, everybody? We are happy to be here. It is going to be a good day. I think we've got a lot to uh, to discuss. Joel jumps in. Man, we are we are fired up. We are ready to go. Chris had a good night last night. I did. I had a great night. <laughs> I got a, I got the purple lights on behind me. Appreciate just to, that. Uh, just to celebrate your boys. Uh, at, at least uh, one of our teams uh, got a good W yesterday. <laughs> the uh, the Iron Bowl was bananas. Ohio State continues their run. Uh, let's see, Roy jumps in. He said, what's up, guys? Roy, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, Oklahoma got an impressive win last night. We're going to talk about that. Wisconsin at ended the Minnesota run. We'll discuss that. All of these crazy things we are going to jump in on. Uh, the show is Winning Cures Everything. You can find us at winningcureseverything.com. All of our videos, picks, podcasts, previews, social media platforms, etc. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We are on Twitter. All of that good stuff. Go, uh, go check it out. Share it out with your buddies. Tell everybody you know about it. Uh, we would appreciate that. If you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that, uh, hit that review button. And leave a nice written review. We would appreciate that. So, uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, YouTube. You're watching on YouTube. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. Hit the like button. Share it out. And leave some comments. Jump in on the comments. Lone Wolf came in. He said, Baylor blew out Kansas. Yes, they did. That was a disaster for Les Miles. Holy mackerel. That was, uh, that was bad. That was real bad. But, it's all good. We got good things going on. Everything's going to be all right with uh, with Kansas and that bunch. So, uh, the show, as always, brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. they got six incredible sports books. You can find more information on all of them, along with everything else that they're doing down there, over at tunicatravel.com. So, go check that stuff out, tunicatravel.com, winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe, like, share out all of our stuff. We appreciate you guys for jumping in with us. Let's uh, Let's go ahead and jump in. Are you um? Are you ready to talk about the Iron Bowl? Yeah, because I don't know I'm if I am. Wherever you want to lead, I'll follow. I'm ready. Okay, so there are so many different things that we could discuss with the Iron Bowl from yesterday. Um, we will start out. I guess the the biggest play of the game, 
and there were like 8,000 of them. I was just about to say, I'm very interested to see what you think the biggest play of the game was. The biggest play of the game was the field goal at the end of the first half. We're going to disagree completely. That's it. Now, we can, okay, the biggest play of the game was at the end of the game with the, uh, the, the what do they call it, the Trojan Tiger? That was a, that was a fantastic play call. That was and, and it wasn't supposed to be anything other than Gus ran his punter on as a wide receiver and had his regular quarterback back there, but they were doing it to keep Jalen Waddle off the field. They didn't want to kick to Jalen Waddle. That's right. Totally makes perfect sense. Um and and when you do that, like what Nick Saban was saying about it was kind of unfair, it was whatever, I don't agree with that. It was a a trickaroo kind of thing. It was high school bullcrap, is what it was. But you got to be smarter than that. So you you can laugh if you want, but that's exactly what it was. It was it was high school trickeration. It was a trick play, Gary. It yes, was a it was play. a high school Every trick thing. play. High school bullcrap. That's what Gus does, and that's uh, you should be used to it by now if you are Nick Saban. You should know. So every team that's ran the Philly special now since it happened in the Super Bowl is that all? Is that a high school play? I mean, it's just a, it's just a trick play. It's a trick play. But this was this was completely whatever. So it, look, here's the deal. There was nothing Someone illegal about creative. it. Someone called inventive. I don't know that it's having, that. Having a good imagination, I wouldn't expect Sark or Saban to have a good imagination at all. So no. well, this I mean, this wasn't on Sark. This was Jeff Banks. Like it was, it was between Pete Golding and Jeff I, I'm Banks. I'm just talking about being creative. I'm talking about being interesting with your play calling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. You guys I, got beat because you're boring. You have athletes all over the field, but everybody knows what you're going to do. You're going to run nine thousand screenplays, and you're just going to let them be, you know, stud athletes. Yeah, and it worked for the majority of the game. Creativity in that. It, it, it works because your guys are better than everybody else. Yeah. And that's like it, it, I'll tell you this: the way that that game played out was completely different than I assumed that it would be. Right? I agree. I thought that we were going to have, uh, it, you know, I thought the under was going to be the play. I didn't think the offense was going to be able to move as efficiently against that defense, and yet, forty-five points and basically had to earn the majority of them, other than one kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, got no defensive points. It, it was it was really strange and really disheartening to give up two pick sixes and just all of this stuff that that goes along with it. Right? It was Alabama giving up points, that, and they've that, done it all the, year. The like, answer to the original question, which is the play of the game, it's one of two plays. It's the hundred yard pick six or the missed field goal. That's that's the answer to the play of the game. It, I think it would probably be if it's between those two, it'd be the hundred yard pick six. Uh, I mean, we both agree. I agree that 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 field goal at the end shouldn't have happened. Like the clock ran out. You go to halftime. It's ball game yes. in that situation. I get that, but we don't know how that the game ends if they don't have those three points. So like we're we're stuck in a different situation. Auburn, you know, do they kick a field goal at the end to go up by three, or do they try to like? There's just no way to tell where the game goes after that. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So Agreed. at the end of it, it shouldn't have happened. It's a bad call that that 
you know, I, I don't think should have happened. But at the end of the day, you know, did it have an effect on the game? Yeah. Did it depict the outcome of the game? I don't think so. That's There was a drive in the first half where Bo Nix threw – there were three different passes that were just it, it, the luckiest grabs. And this is what happens in Jordan-Hare Stadium, right? And And you know this as well as I do. That crazy crap happens in that stadium. It just does. High school and lucky. That's that's the way Alabama gets beat. I get that's, it. No, Alabama gets beat the way any other team would get beat. But in this apparently situation... Not. Apparently apparently, it's only high school and lucky. So, With Auburn and Jordan-Hare, sometimes it is. Sometimes they get the rear ends whipped. Like two years ago, they got the rear end whipped. I think that was high school or luck. I think the it wasn't two years really ago. Good. I think they went up and they made big plays. I don't that's, think that's luck. You don't think it's luck to have a pass hit the running back in the back and the, well, no, no, the linebacker doesn't even. That's not what you talked about. You described the three passes. The three that passes that, that drive, and I think those were a hell of a catch. Those were unbelievable plays. They those were all luck, man. They That receiving core has not made catches like that all season long. Anders Carlson, their field goal kicker, was 0 for 6 in his last six kicks from 40-plus. Well, he didn't miss last night. He hit, he hit four, 43 yards, 43 yards, 44 yards, and a 52-yarder. Like, weird crap happens in this game all the time whenever it is injured in hair. It is, it's been going on for the whole Nick Saban tenure, and it's just banana. The kick six, the... All of this stuff. And, God, they had to reference that kick six thing so many times yesterday. It's so irritating. So irritating. Uh, Mike jumped in. Let's see. Let's go through a couple of these. Nick got caught slipping. Uh, Alabama played two ranked teams and lost to both. Ha, ha. Yeah, we got you. Um, let's see. I agree with Chris to play the game as 100-yard pick six. Uh, those three catches were ridiculous, said Roy. And Mike said, Nick Saban has never won in Auburn when Auburn is ranked. Alabama has missed the most field goals since Nick's been there uh, over 100. Actually, it's not just Nick Saban. It's Alabama has not beaten Auburn when they were ranked injured air. It hadn't happened. So it, it's been going on well, since... Happened 19- before Saban got there, doesn't matter, Gary. Every time I bring up our stats over the last 15 years against you guys, you say, oh, against those other coaches, that doesn't matter. So, so if When have I ever said that? You, yes, you've said that. You've absolutely said that. You've absolutely said that. But what's that about what? What are you talking when, about? When we talk about LSU's record against Bama, you talk about how we've only won once or twice or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's because you're stopping at like this weird arbitrary number. But if you go back another five years, we've won like, you know, extra amount of times. And you go, oh, yeah, but those were the, the bad years against the Mikes and the guys that can't coach. And uh, uh. You've said that. Umpteen times we've had this conversation. I, I don't even remember having the conversation. I'm sure you don't. I'm so. quite certain you don't. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. You don't. Uh, Lone Wolf said, I wonder if Alabama's going to keep Jones at QB next year and Alabama needs to find a kicker. Alabama has needed to find a kicker for years. Uh, this kicker, uh, by the no, way. No, they've got another guy coming in that's going to be better than the greatest quarterback to ever play at Alabama, and he's going to be way better next year. Uh Stark is going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. Bryce Young, Bryce Young is the uh, the five star whatever that's coming in. He'll be hard pressed to beat out Mac Jones. Like Mac was really good yesterday. He's looked good, you know, all season in, in backup duty. Uh, Mac knows the offense. 
We'll see. But Bryce well, Young does look really incredible. hard to learn. Sark is not dropping up DMs here, okay? That All right. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, let's see. Jones uh, Jones will be there next year. He's Nick's quarterback. Uh, let's see. Kelly Anderson said, in 2019, Nick Saban lost to the Clemson Tigers, LSU Tigers, and now the Auburn Tigers. Let's go Tigers. Uh, let's see. What about Tua's little brother? Tua's little brother's good. He, he, ain't, he ain't on this level. He, he ain't Tua. I'll tell you that. Um, let's see. What else did – oh, Alabama's 13 penalties. That's what really, that's what really cost them the ballgame. It was nonstop. And I, I was sitting there thinking through the ballgame, man, these offensive linemen have driven me nuts all year. I'll be glad to move on and bring in a new batch, right, at least with some of them. And then I started going through last night. Every single one, unless they go to the NFL, every one of them are coming back next year. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So, But they'll all be seniors next year. You're either um, coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is an issue. And this is partly where, like, the undisciplined stuff and, and just not playing clean is partly to do with the changeover with the assistant coaches, right? Like, it's, it, it, you can't keep everything running smoothly if everybody is constantly changing out coordinators and position coaches and everything else because the message starts to get lost. Um, yeah, Mike said uh, uh, false starts fall on coaching somewhat. A hundred percent. It's you just. It's not so. It's not just coaching. Like it's on the players as well. But it is discipline. It is how you run it in practice. It is how you how you operate as a team. Nobody coaches free to fall start. What they coach is what they allow to happen. Yes. It's it's not punishing kids anymore for making mistakes. Yeah. It's just and and the issue that Alabama has had the last couple of years, the. They have been beating teams so soundly, so ridiculously, that you didn't have to worry about being disciplined, so you didn't focus on being clean for two years now. And it just continues. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was irritating. Jalen Waddell, let's talk at, at least one of the good things for Alabama. Uh, Auburn had great plays all over the field, and... You know, they rushed the field again. It was a magical night in Jordan-Hare. This is good for Gus Malzahn. Like, he was starting to feel it again. People were talking about, is he going to get fired? They're going to do this every year. They're going to talk about this every single season with him. And this was good for him to get it. And and for the next eight months, he's going to own the state. And it's good. I'm going to tell you this. If I was Gus at the end of this year, I'd leave. I'd leave. That Ole Miss job is going to come open, I think. Arkansas job is open. You think Ole Miss is going to come open? I would take yes. I think Ole Miss shop's coming open. I don't think it's coming open. I think it's coming open. I mean, I'd I'd be surprised if he took Ole Miss, but I could one hundred percent see him taking uh, Why? taking Arkansas. Why? If what he's done, if what he's done at Auburn, he can do at Ole Miss. He'll be a god there. Yeah, but at Ole Miss, win six, seven, eight games every four or five years, win ten games, beat beat your biggest rivals. On a regular basis, he's got a best win, a better winning record. He got three wins against Saban. Nobody else has got that. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, Les like, Miles is the only other do? one. But, but if he stays at Auburn, just an FYI, they're losing all five offensive linemen. They're losing two of their best backup offensive linemen. They're losing so that defensive they're, line. They don't even have replaced there. And they're losing, I think, seven or eight of that defense. Yep. They're bringing nothing back. And if he has, 
let's say, a six-win season next year or a seven-win season next year, they're going to be looking to fire him again. Yeah. They're going to forget this all happened. So if I was him, I'd pack my shit and I'd go. That's I, I would I would go and to I Arkansas. absolutely would take the Ole Miss job over Auburn right now. Because at Ole Miss, you're a guy. They're building you statues if you do what he's done in Auburn. I mean, that's a good point. So he, he is – uh, Arkansas is going to be more pressure than Ole Miss. Yeah, Arkansas is going to be a lot of pressure. Arkansas st- – both of those jobs in the SEC West, like if I was him, I'd get out of the SEC. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd drive my ass to Oxford, and I'd live there the rest of my life. And he could, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd, you're probably right. I'd make him pay me five, six million dollars a year, and I'd live in Oxford every day of my life and never go anywhere. Let's see. Uh, Fletchy actually jumped in. He said, Ole Miss is just waiting for that buyout to drop to a reasonable level before firing Luke. Uh, there's no way that his buyout is ridiculous. I think right? it is because I think – so somebody – and it might have been uh, Jim and Fletchy when they were over the house last weekend um, talking about this, that – in his contract, part of it, you know, in the state of Mississippi, you can only do a four-year deal, right? Yeah, and then you can just extend it every season but, if you want But to. they can put clauses in where you're guaranteed so many extensions. So, basically, it can be a six- or seven-year deal. It's, and Dang. When Fletch, he, you said it's $13 million. Yeah. When he took over, when he took over the, uh, the, the program under all the investigation – he had a clauses where a you're not just letting me come and take the the you know the, the hit and then get out without getting paid and then I'm owed all these extensions. So I didn't. I mean, if you can do the the language in there to dictate how many extensions you can, you're guaranteed. Then then why have the four year max anyway? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's just a loophole around it. I mean, you can give a guy a ten year deal if you want it. So I mean, they could they could give Gus just however much money and then yeah, yeah. You're, you're right i mean we'll see i i don't see it happening but i mean i, I guess it could. This, auburn just better temper expectations for next year enjoy this yes and then don't be an asshole next year that's yeah. it it's not that hard yeah no you're right you're right uh on the alabama side of course they lose henry ruggs to uh uh they lose devonta smith they lose jerry judy they lose uh several guys on that defensive line a bunch of the secondary like there's there's a lot but one of the guys that is coming back is Jalen Waddle. He's a true sophomore, and he was unconscious yesterday. He blew by. That speed was absolutely ridiculous. So it was nice to see Jalen Waddle get a big day. Four touchdowns. He had three receiving. He had the one kickoff return where he just blew by everybody. Uh, so that was that was at least one of the good things. Mac Jones did look good. Uh, he had the one misfire that turned into the pick six. Uh, the other misfire bounced off of Najee Harris's back, which, hey, another good thing about this game, Najee Harris, like, he has been running like a man possessed for six weeks now. Yeah. Um, the He's offensive really line. Good. Yeah, I mean, they, the offensive line controlled that game yesterday against that defensive line, and it was impressive. Uh, I mean, they ran screenplays, so you can't you take the defensive game. Oh no 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 no! This was not screenplays. This was you, you, they didn't run screenplays. No, they ran some, but I, the I majority of those games of were off tackle. Screenplays. The the majority of those games were off tackle. Man, Najee Harris ran the football right up yes, the gut. Yes, he ran it fine off tackle. You're exactly right. Yeah, he I'm, ran, I'm he ran tell it. You that seventy percent of your offensive calls were screenplays. I don't. That, that's that is so not true. That's you ran it, like eighty offensive plays. I, I'm going to bet forty of them are screenplays at least. I I don't buy that, but we'll come back and talk about it because I don't have the numbers in front of me. But it was not it was not that many. 
is there were there were a lot of crossing patterns for the passing game. But I mean they they ran the football. They owned time of possession. Here, I'll pull it up right now. They owned the time of possession. Uh just a ridiculous number. I mean it was it was un it was absurd. There's no way that they should have had this much. It was uh 36 minutes time of possession for Alabama to 24. Uh Bama had 180 yards rushing on 38 carries. So, and those are not screen plays. They had 39 passes, 26 of those were completions. Uh and it was 8.6 yards per pass. Like they 515 yards of offense. Like which is actually seven more yards than than LSU had. Like they they were able to move the football and keep the ball. And it was it was a really good game plan. I mean they they really they somewhat dominated the line of scrimmage uh, on the offensive side. Now on the defensive side, no, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody asked about Mark Rick going to an SEC program. That that, that ain't happening. I think, uh, I think Mark Rick is done coaching. I think he's out. Uh, let's see. My rankings: three loss barn is better than Oregon and Bama. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, let's see. Only Bama player to have four touchdowns in an Iron Bowl was Jalen Waddle. Yeah, that's Mike jumped in with that. Ghost Dog said Utah has to be excited right now after an Alabama loss. Yeah, I would think them and uh, and Oklahoma and Baylor. I was uh, just about to say Oklahoma and Baylor look pretty damn good. Also, let's see. Chris Kennedy said, "Why can't the Alabama fan base create an atmosphere like Auburn at home games? Auburn's just a different place, man. Like, there's not a lot of places that it, like there's you can probably count them on one hand." The places that can be like what Auburn is on a game day like that, uh, you you have to be like LSU does it, but it's different, right? Like Auburn is is super excited, but it's you know they're the underdog in the state, so it it becomes a little different. Like you got eighty nine thousand people that are you know hoping and praying, and and especially when crazy stuff happens in that stadium on the regular, like. Yeah, you're gonna have a crowd like that. It's gonna be cool. Like it's it's a fantastic atmosphere, man. Like you see those those sight lines on TV, and you see the sun setting and all that. I mean, that was next level stuff. I mean, it's awesome. So um, let's see. Batman never stood a chance over a one loss Utah team. It's Utah or Oklahoma. Eh, I'm not gonna agree with that. Uh, let's see. Think Baylor has an outside shot now if they can win after that beating they put on Kansas yesterday. Yeah, they they yeah. were putting up style points. Yeah. Um, do you think Notre Dame gets a new coach? Alabama will be awesome defensively next year. Yeah, I think they will because they had, I mean, they played like eight true freshmen yesterday. Like it, it's, that that's just going to take a little time. They've got a, what, 36-year-old defensive coordinator that's still learning Saban's defense. Like this stuff will take time. Um, but we'll see. I mean, this could be the the beginning of the end for Saban. He's uh, 68 years old. So we'll see. We'll Did see. somebody ask if Notre Dame's getting a new coach? Uh, yeah, that's a... <laughs> There were there were rumors that Brian Kelly may be going to Florida State. I don't see I don't it. Think he's leaving. I, I, I think he retired. Left, I could see him trying to dip his toe in the NFL. Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't, don't think he's leaving for a college team. I don't think so either. I, I don't think Notre he's a way better job than Florida State is. I agree. Way better job. I agree. Let's, I mean, your uh, kids have to be able to read, but other than that, it's a way better job. <laughs> let's let's move into uh, let's move into the game really quick. Um, Ohio State 56, Michigan 27. And, man, it, you and I both thought Michigan had a shot in this game. And, and, and they did. shot themselves in the foot 
Yep. Over and over. That first half was about as equally played as you could possibly get. Two two plays in the first half completely changed the game from that point forward. And it is first the um uh, um the fumble where yeah. Michigan Michigan is driving on that vaulted defense like they're not even there. Yeah. They score every time they touch the football and they are about to score again. And it's just one of those weird shotgun snaps. It's not anybody made a move on anybody. It's just a center snap the ball. Shea Patterson took his eyes off of it. The ball hits the ground. He kicks it with his feet. Ohio State gets it. All right. That virtually takes seven points off the board. And then Michigan's got to have a stop. Michigan gets the stop. You get them to punt. What else do you want to do? This Ohio State offense is incredible. You finally get them to punt, and you're trying some punt block. Just let them pump the ball and take possession because your defense, your offense is playing great. Yes. And they jump off sides. It, give them a first down. What we talked about with Alabama. Life. You give that it, offense second life, and, and all of a sudden they score. Now now you just have a 14-point swing. You're not coming back from that against a team as good as Ohio State. You can't give them two possessions. You just can't. Yeah, I agree. It's ball game from there. From there, you're desperate, and so therefore you get backed up in a corner. Your play calling changes, and everything about the game plan is is moot. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You're 100 right. Um, so Lone Wolf said, "Will Michigan get another coach after the Ohio State beatdown?" Uh, no. Now, I will say this: Jim Harbaugh did go into that press conference, and he was testy. And somebody asked him, like, "Why is there a, a gap between Michigan and Ohio State?" And he was like. I'll answer questions, but I'm not going to answer insults. And I didn't think that was an insult. I thought it was a reasonable question because it, there's yeah, I mean, been a gap. I mean, dude, that's not a reasonable question because how is a coach supposed to answer that? It, we got out coached. I mean, I, like, <laughs> what not, you, that doesn't answer the gap. But there, that's there's no that's answer about, he for didn't the gap. Ask about did we get out coached? The only gap is that they got out coached. That is that's, not. That is absolutely not true. That's that's. Pointly, not true. Ohio State has far superior talent than Michigan has. I don't think how it's is, that how superior. How is getting beat like that being outcoached when the other team has far superior talent? I don't think they have far superior talent. Then you don't understand how to grade talent, Gary. Yes, they do. They absolutely have far superior talent. What are then? What are we talking about grading talent? I mean, that's that's absurd. If just looking at recruiting rankings and whatnot, like they have got good players at Michigan. I'm not saying they don't have good players, but they're not elite. There, there are a few programs, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State are basically the list. And they but don't Georgia have anybody that's not a four- or five-star team touching the football or on the field the entire game. So you think no that none of those teams – You don't think that any of those teams can be beaten? I'm not saying they can't be beat, Gary, but you can't just say that if you get beat by them, you got out coached because we have good players too. No, yes, they have good players. They don't have great players. They've got a couple of elite players at Michigan, but they're not all over the field like Ohio State. They're just not. No, I, okay, I, I will agree with you on that. Ohio State is more talented Before than Michigan, but I don't think talent. it's. I don't so think how, it's, does, how does that mean we got whipped so we had to be out coached? I don't think that it was a massive talent gap. It's not a fifty-six to twenty-seven kind of gap. <laughs> Like that, yeah, that kind of score the last two years is a coaching mismatch. And as far as a new coach at Michigan, I will tell you that there will probably be one. And I think that they could fire Don Brown after this year. Like, no I, way firing Don Brown. Look, 
for whatever reason, he cannot stop Ohio State's offense. Nobody has stopped Ohio State's offense. Penn State stopped them last week. So you can't. I mean, it it, it is doable. But I'm not going to. Look, I'm saying that they could fire Don Brown. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm saying that I could see them doing it because he has not. Look, they've come in there with a chance the last two years and were completely handled, completely demolished. They scored 62 last year and 56 this year. That is a beating. Like, it, you you can't do that in that game. So, it, I think it could happen. Like, Don Brown's getting up there in, in age. It, they could send him off into the sunset. But look, it's only the Ohio State game. Like, against everybody else, he's been pretty good. Like, Wisconsin put up 35 on him this year, but, like, it, it was before everything got figured out and whatnot. They, they just, the offense was looking just atrocious. Yeah, the, the defense, the defense got no help. Yeah. Defense got no help. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Mike said Ohio State is doing a lot better development of their talent. Yeah, it, player development, big part of it, yeah. Uh, Bama had far superior talent to Auburn. Michigan should still be able to take a game away from Ohio State every now and then. Uh, I'm not saying they can't. I'm, I'm just talking about this one, and – the question was about, you know, can you explain the gap? Well, I mean, yeah, the gap is, as we just, there's a talent gap. We haven't recruited the way they've recruited. We haven't gotten the players that they've got. And uh, in yeah. state, that's really hard because the state of Michigan doesn't pump out players like the state of Ohio does. It just doesn't. No, that's that's 100% true. So Ohio State. You like grow they, up a kid in, in Ohio, you want to go to Ohio State. So it's it's not just Ohio kids though. It's it, these these two programs recruit nationally. I and, I agree, but you know the depth that makes up a team. You you get a lot of guys from local in state talent. Yeah, no, you're, and you're those right. Kids are coming from Ohio, and you don't have to even offer those kids scholarship. They're just coming. Yeah, Michigan no. doesn't have that luxury. They don't go to Florida. And they don't go to Texas and pull kids. They don't get good kids. Well. In that case, I don't know what the answer would be. Because Ohio State will always right, be more that's, talented. That's, that's why it's okay to get testy about that question, because it's kind of a bullshit question. How I always like to think of these things before I ask them, and how is this guy supposed to answer this? You know, you want to ask an interesting question. The way you get an interesting question is to get an interesting answer. And if you give a guy a question that's not capable of really being answered, then you just wasted your shot. Yeah, that guy's not good at his job. I I agree with that. I agree with that point. Absolutely. Uh, Mike said Don Brown will not be fired. If anything, he will retire. I I would. What I was saying, I don't think they would fire him. I think this would be a forced retirement if they if it happens. Like I don't if, know that it's going to be a forced retirement. If he retires, I think it'll be because he chose to. You might be right. You might be right. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into the next one. Another Big Ten matchup and Wisconsin. Put the beat down on Minnesota, and I got to tell you what I what I liked most from this was PJ Flex press conference after the game, and he took all responsibility and said it's not going to be like this forever, but we're not going backwards. Like this this kind of season will be what you should expect from us going forward, and I loved it. I mean, he was loud. He was thankful. He you know, gave the fans all the respect and gave them the credit for believing in this football team. Uh, it was fantastic. 
I mean, it, everything about that was uh, was great. Um, here, to go backwards, Mike said, to beat uh, an Ohio State or LSU, you need them to beat themselves at some point and make mistakes. That's uh, that's basically what it was with Alabama for years. So it, it's and, the same and well, thing. And I, and I think to beat Ohio State, you can't beat yourself. Yeah. If you take that 14-point swing away in the first half, the way that ends, this is this is virtually a tie ball game, and and Michigan's got to try to chase the one point they missed from the extra point. Yeah, and that's it. But then you give them an extra 14, and therefore now it's a 15-point game. They get the ball after halftime. They score again. It's a 22-point game, and it's it's over from there. You, you're not catching that. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% right on that. Um, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin had 280 yards passing, had 173 yards rushing. They, uh, they ran for basically five yards of carry on Minnesota. Minnesota had 76 yards rushing on 30 attempts. Like that the was defense for Wisconsin has gone to a different level. Yes. They looked mad. They looked pissed off and it had everything to do with getting embarrassed on their home field by this team last year. Yes. Um, I think they were, they were ready to come out because they, the back half of this season hadn't been great for them. They they got their wins, and they're going to the Big Ten title game now. Uh, they did get embarrassed by Ohio State, so I'm I'm curious to see if they're in a different mindset this go round as opposed to going into Columbus when they were coming off of a one point loss to Illinois that yeah. that basically killed their their championship hopes. You know, uh, let's see. Mike said the stage was too big for Minnesota right now. Kids bought in to all the hype they were getting. I think game day going there actually hurt Minnesota. In no. some, I, I don't think that. Uh, now, that in some cases, yeah, all the distractions, all that can get in the way, but I don't know that that was the sole reason. They they got manhandled. Yeah, like, they got beat. They got beat by a team that's just bigger and stronger and more physical yes. than they are. And that's that's how that works. So, it, and, there's now, nothing, and there's nothing you can't fault a team for that. No, absolutely you know? not. I mean, sometimes the guy's just bigger and stronger and more athletic than you. You go out there, you give them hell, and every now and then you can beat that team. Yes, but but you can't count on that. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. They uh, they were able to move the football some. Um, obviously, almost three hundred yards passing. Like that's that's yep. pretty good. But um, but they couldn't run the ball, which has been their bread and butter for the most part of the season. Yes, and it's hard to throw in that kind of weather. I mean, the weather got ugly you know, in that game. Oh, it absolutely did. It, it's the reason, like, the weather was the number one reason why I took Wisconsin in the gambling picks. I mean, it, it, Wisconsin knows how to play in that. They are built for that. So, they are built for that. You're right. And Minnesota, you would think, would be. And I think they will be going forward. It's going to take some more recruiting classes. It's going to take some more player development. But you, you, I mean, their offensive line is good. They're not close to the level of Wisconsin. But nobody nope. else in the country is. I no. mean, nobody. No, not, not on the lines. Not on the lines. Uh, Chris Kennedy jumped in. He said, same old Wisconsin, a good team, never a great team. They play the same style of football the last 30 years. Uh, how about instead of just a good team, like how about a really, really good team? But here's my question. So I had this conversation last night with some guys that were talking about, you know, how bad it might look for Gus um, after after this year because of what all he's losing. And, and that was how I got to the conversation and maybe he should walk away now. Um, and, and I just – I, I envy and I, I love Wisconsin. I grew up liking Wisconsin when I was younger, and Iowa's the same thing. They're just a model of consistency, and why is that wrong? Why is it not 
okay to be happy with a school that every year of your life is going to win nine games. A bad season is eight games, and a great season is ten games. And and every now and then you're going to compete for your conference championship. And why is that not okay being the standard? And, and we have this thing where if you're not Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson, screw you. If you can't play for the national championship every year, then everything you do doesn't matter. And that's a terrible way to look. This is one of the greatest sports in all of athletic competition. Yeah. And all everybody cares about is who's the national championship. Who's the national championship. If you're not in consideration for the national championship, go screw yourself. You can't play with us. What you do in your season doesn't matter. For years before there was a B, yeah, before there was a BCS, before there was a playoff, it, it was conference tie-ins. But like you played your season in the Big Ten to get to the Rose Bowl, um, and now it is because of the playoff, because of all of the the coverage and whatnot, it is about getting to a championship level. That's and and group of five teams that are jumping in. Uh, that are jumping in playoff conversations and all that, like they're not going to make the fourteen playoff. That's just not ever going to happen. But they should be happy. Like Memphis right now is eleven and one. This sure. team has never gone eleven and one ever. Nope. And nope. and we're right. worried about making a New Year's Six bowl. And we're worried about all of this. Yeah. Like, when, are, do they get paired up against Alabama in the New Year's Six bowl now? They they, like, they won't be. And, well, but, great. That'll ruin like the season because they're going to get throttled at the end of the year. And it's just going to be one of those things that sucks. Yeah. And you don't want to think like that. Let's just enjoy what we've got. The, both of those programs in Minnesota and Iowa are models of consistency. Yes. I, I was had two coaches for like 40 plus years. Oh yeah. And I mean, you just don't fire a guy because he has one bad year. And, and then you got to temper your expectations. What's bad? Yeah. It's, you know? I, I agree with you. Like is a winning season terrible? Really? Is it the worst thing that could ever happen to your program? Because at Auburn, it gets you fired. And LSU, it got them fired. It got less fired. Oh, yeah. That's and Unless we're still winning eight, nine games every year. I, like, I, I know. And before Nick Saban came there, they were not doing that. Under Jerry DiNardo, under Curly Hallman, under that whole bunch, they were awful down they there. Couldn't beat say they could beat everybody else. They couldn't beat Saban. You know what? That's not good enough. You got to go. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not happy with where the program is today, but I have full expectations of everything we're doing right now is gold, and I'm ecstatic as an LSU fan. But I fully understand that if next year we just lost the greatest quarterback in school history, if we don't replace that guy with another guy that's just amazing and we only win eight games, you shouldn't fire everybody. Like, that's not a clean house situation. You just enjoy it. You try to keep recruiting. You try to keep building and improving guys and, and getting them better, and then you, you see what you got. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I just don't understand the, the, the reason of, of this guy was great this year. If he's not good next year, he's gone. I just don't I don't get that. It drives me insane. Well, the, the other it's the reason I like Wisconsin. It's the reason I grew up liking Iowa. It's the reason I like those two programs. The the other side of this is the amount of money that goes into these programs now. These coaches are making astronomical numbers. So if they are not winning at the level that the school and the fan base sees fit, then it becomes a problem because Gus Malzahn making seven and a half million dollars a year, like it that you would think you'd be getting national championship results for that much money. But the the issue is Five million is the going rate. Like, yeah, I was just about to say the the money is there because we don't pay players. Yes, and they've got these schools have obscene amounts of money. Right, from but TV it changes people. the expectation level too. Like because 
look, fans see this amount of money being paid to these coaches, and they expect way more. And well, and why the expectation changed, I don't know. Because but, of the money, but that's stupid. But the money I mean, and, and all of the TV coverage and whatever else. They want to be like the, the bigger schools that get all the ESPN coverage and whatever. And it, not every school is that. You know, they they put the teams that draw the best TV ratings in these things. Like, that's just that's how it goes. So, uh, let's see. We got a couple more comments here. Uh, let's see. Mike said, we live in a time of era where championship is the only measure. Um, Mike said, Alabama versus Michigan in the Capital One Bowl in Orlando is my projection. Eh, I don't know. I think Alabama's still going to be in a New Year's Six, but we'll see. Uh, but that would be a fantastic. we're going to have a really good shot at getting Alabama, Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I think I think we do. I think we do. I think we got a really good shot at that. Uh, let's see, Lone Wolf. I would like to see the CFP uh, would go FCS twenty fourteen play. No, nah, that's not happening. Uh, let's see, no, no twenty fourteen playoff. Uh, tra- I wouldn't be upset about. It. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I would. Uh, MMA Bud said sixteen is the most I could ever see FBS expanding to. Um, let's see, Chris said if teams could be patient, just imagine what could be. Look at Dabo. He was on the hot seat at Clemson, but they stayed with him. It, that's yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like he he was now the issue is he was actually building, you know. It, once he got to about year three, then it was nine and three, ten and two, nine and three, and then they you know eleven and one, and they 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 keep jumping up, keep jumping up. So he was improving year after year, and he was winning big games. Like they would lose to some of these smaller teams, but it's a big difference when you can win the big ones. So he was beating LSU in the Peach Bowl, and he was beating Notre Dame, and he was, you know, the, the big games, they were winning those. So, yeah, that's it, it's, a little, it's a little different. Uh, let's move into some Big 12 talk. Let's, uh, and th- I, today's going to run long, I see. So, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move into Big 12 talk. Oklahoma 34, Oklahoma State 16. Um, what happened? I mean, you you talked about the quarterback change. You talked about missing the big receiver. And we just – I'm one of these guys that just believes in Gundy. I feel like he just pulls these guys out of his ass every year. And and he, he apparently you just can't do that in the middle of the season maybe. Um, maybe not late in the season, right? They, they struggle. I knew I had no chance in that. When they got to the red zone four times, they kicked four field goals. I was just like, oh, that's a ball game. That's a ball game. I can't, you can't trade field goals for touchdowns with Oklahoma. You're going to lose. Yeah. And that defense was pretty good. I mean, at one point in time, it was twelve or thir- it was thirteen to twenty-one, and I'm thinking, dude. I mean, you 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 know, we're two thirds or yeah, more than two thirds. We're middle of the third quarter into into this game. He's given up twenty-one points to Oklahoma. Yeah. You're in this joker, and then you're in the red zone. You're about to score again, and you get a field goal. And I'm like, well, that's it. That's yeah. it. You, you can't do that three times. You just you got to get at least a touchdown every now and then. If you want to hang with a team that's that offensively good, yes, and they couldn't punch it in, they they could not. They uh they had two turnovers in this ball game. Oklahoma had zero, which is uh, different for them because uh, they have been turning the football over like just they've turned it over the last couple of games. But they've played teams that play aggressive styles of defense. Yeah, Oklahoma State's just not that. No, they're definitely not. They, the fact just, that they, I, I wasn't expecting Oklahoma State to take the ball away from them, and with inexperienced people handling the ball at Oklahoma State right now. I, I did expect a little turnover. But once again, if you get a couple of touchdowns instead of those field goals, not all touchdowns, but just half of them, 
This is a different game. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This this was a. I expected to see a lot of Chuba Hubbard. People have had uh, people have had success running the football on Oklahoma. And hats off to that defense. They held Oklahoma State to 128 rushing yards on 29 attempts. So they, less than they four and a half going into the game. We shut Huba down. We're we're done. Yeah, they, they shut down Hubbard, and, and that was that was all she wrote. That was yeah. all she wrote. Uh, let's see. Larry Pilgrim jumps in. He said, Morning, fellas from Utah. Late to the party this morning uh, because I wasn't late to the party last night. At, absolutely. That's, that was a good win for Utah last night. We'll uh, we'll jump into that one here in just a little while. Uh, Lone Wolf said, Thoughts on West Virginia TCU. Uh, Mike wants to know our Heisman finalists. Uh, that's going to be a good question, actually. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about the rest of the... questions you think it is. Let, let's talk about the... Um, Let's talk about the rest of the Big 12 right quick. Iowa State loses to Kansas State 27-17. That was yeah, surprising. Man. Um Kansas that State was surprising? is surprising. Kansas State 8 and 4. Iowa State is now 7 and 5. Uh it was a little surprising to me. Like okay. I, Iowa State's been playing really really well and Kansas State had kind of fallen off there for a bit. Just for a couple of games. Well yeah, but I the, the way that they were trending, I thought Iowa State would be able to win this football game and and they got beat by 10. And it was yeah. Just kind of never tra- Kansas State never trailed. This was no. this was one of this was one of those rocking chair games for me. Yeah. Bet Kansas State, bet the money line, and just sat back and counted the money. As soon as the game kicked off, I was like, "That's it." I didn't have to watch this thing. <laughs> uh, the Baylor Kansas game was a complete and total mismatch. That was another uh, rocking chair game I had. That yeah. Was nice. I mean, that was just sixty-one to six. Uh, I thought Kansas could at least hang around. I thought maybe Baylor would be looking ahead. Nope. But Baylor was... Well, I think Baylor realizes... See, this is the problem I have with looking at how these teams barely got by or what they did early in the season against certain teams is because Baylor and LSU like, did not know that they were playing for national championships week three. They were just trying to win the game in week three. Yeah. And now everyone goes back to week three or four or six and says, oh, but look how you barely won that game. And well, we didn't know we were supposed to be putting up style points in week four. We were just trying to win the football game and be undefeated. Yeah. Is that not enough? Apparently that's not enough. And so Baylor was like, well, shit, we got to put up style points. Let's put up style points. Do you think it helps them a ton? I don't think it helps them at all. I, I agree with you. I, I think I think they've got to beat Oklahoma, and I think they need Utah to barely beat. I think if Utah blows out Oregon, it's not close. They're getting in. If if they barely beat Oregon, I think you've got a conversation with Baylor. I do. Baylor's got a better schedule, a better record. Uh, as far as the Heisman finalists go, um, and we can answer that question right quick, but Heisman finalists, I, I would say, so I think there's going to be three. And I think it'll be, I think they're probably going to put Chase Young in there. And I think Jalen, and I think um, Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. Like, I think that's the three that'll make it. I don't think there's anybody else that'll be even close. Like, am I, I, is that crazy? You, you put Fields in there? I don't think so. I think I think the Ohio State rep is going to be Chase Young because he's gotten all of the, uh, all of the media hype. So he missed two games. And last, uh, and against Michigan, he he didn't look great. Yeah, let's say one. Of, oh, yeah, it was either the Michigan game or the Penn State game. I remember, like it was Michigan. Penn State. State. He had a monster yeah, stat line. But like, yeah, he just he just was taken out of the game. Yeah, against Michigan, he was taken out of the game. The, prob- um, the problem with 
with a defensive player like that is you can take a defensive player out of the game, run it the other way, quick, quick passes, edge rush doesn't matter. So, yeah, I, who, who do you think? Like, do you think it'll be three different or anybody different than what I just said? I'm, I think Jalen's going to go because yeah. of the Jalen story. And I mean, I, he didn't have good numbers last night. Jalen doesn't deserve to go. Like we're at some point in time, we're making a mockery of what it is. If if you're just gonna just just say three people have to go or whatever, this is the most runaway Heisman we may have ever had. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, agree. It's, and it's and it's not close. And and the argument on LSU people last night, where if you're gonna bring a a non um, quarterback to the party, I mean, Jamar Chase is a is a pretty good option if you look at best receiving stats and numbers for for the year. Yeah, yeah, but I I think there's there's going to be so many votes for Joe that you know well, I, 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 I mean it's that. not about votes it's about who you bring in because it's over no no no, no I it's mean a, the contest is over now we're just saying who are we going to sit next to this guy right but it but you have to get the votes to be able to go to New York that's the issue like it, it is the, oh, so, they bring so the, we're trying to figure out who everybody else is voting for oh no there'll yeah. be a Big Twelve guy. W Jalen because all the Big Twelve previous winners are going to vote for Jalen. All right, and then you're going to get somebody from the Big Ten, and it'll either be Chase Young or. But if, but if you're the Big Ten voters, those guys are all offensive dudes. They're all going to vote for Fields. They're all going to do it. All right, so you think it'll be Fields and well, if, yeah, but because we're talking about these are former players that have won it, and they're all biased to who they are. Well, but That's remember, it. you've got like. So you've only got a certain number of Heisman voters, like that are that are actually former Heisman winners. But you've got no, a every ton Heisman of winner media. gets a vote. There's yeah, but there's like a thousand people that vote for the Heisman. Like, and there ain't that many Heisman winners. So like, they it, they will make a difference. No, nobody else voting for the Heisman is voting for anybody other than Burrow. Well, but you, so the Heisman vote you have to vote for three people. Right, three people, I get it. Yeah, they're all going to put seven different people for those other two spots, which is going to divide up. And then you're going to get a shitload of first place votes for Jalen because all those big 12 former winners are going to vote for Jalen first place because that's what they do. And then all of the Ohio state and former big 10 winners are going to vote for, I would bet they would vote for fields over chase young first. All right. So you think fields will get it instead of, uh, instead of chase young. I, right, I so that's, because I'm, well, cause we're talking about who are the other people voting for. This is this has been a weird race. All the winners are going to vote for Fields, I think. Yeah, this is this has been a strange race, very strange. But it hasn't been a race. Well, it, yeah. I, or how about this? It's been a strange season for the Heisman, uh, because I mean, Burrow ran away with it basically first week of November, and nobody uh, like the fact that there's nobody else even in the conversation is yeah. kind of strange. Like it's it's interesting. Um, you know, everybody thought that it'd be Trevor Lawrence, but with what he wow. did early in the season and and the fact he hadn't played anybody. Uh, no. Mike Mike jumps in, and a couple of guys have actually jumped in and said, uh, been really impressed with J.K. Dobbins. Um, Dobbins had a monster game yesterday. Like that's, that's Ohio State's problem is that they've got three guys that you really could put up there. Okay, hang on. And they it's going to be split. Three guys that could potentially be a Heisman winner, but there's no talent gap between them and Michigan. That's I, Where's the gap, Gary? Where's the gap? 
I don't think that's the gap. I think they have okay. played really well this year. Oh, you don't think that's the gap? Okay. All I right. don't think that's the gap. I, I don't. Chase Young okay. was there last year. Like, Yes, I understand they beat the crap out of him last year, but like Ohio State got smacked. Like all, well, Justin Fields came in this year, and they have gone 12-0. and But Dobbins and Chase Young were both there last year when they got their doors blown off by Purdue. Like, it's... <laughs> You're telling me there's not a gap there? Yes, I'm not saying that you can't, the more talented team can't be beat. I'm not saying that the more talented team never gets beat. But that doesn't mean there's still not a gap. I understand the the gap. I I know that. You explain the gap between you and Michigan. But you can't just point to recruiting rankings because Michigan has had top 10 classes as well. We keep jumping back to the beginning of this thing. There's a difference, between, and we've had this conversation. There's a difference between top ten and top two or top three. Agreed. Michigan is eight, nine, and ten all the time, and every now and then, top five. And Ohio State for five years straight is top four, three, one, two. Then it then there's a massive gap. There's an obscene gap. The the gap. Fletchy jumped in. He said the gap is coaching. That's the no. It's not Fletchy. The, Fletchy hates Harbaugh because Harbaugh makes fun of Ohio uh, Ole Miss. That, he's wrong. I okay. That's a, we, hey, it, Mike jumps in. He said, "Coaching and talent." Fletcher said, "Great coaching can beat superior talent." That's it. Gus Malzahn did it yesterday. Like Alabama, Auburn it, is Michigan, Ohio State. I'm not saying it can't happen. I know. I'm just saying that's not the reason it doesn't happen. Is it? Is it player development? No, it's the. I'm done. I'm done. I've made Let's, it clear, and I think the rankings make it clear. If you look at recruiting rankings over the past five years, I don't think it's close. And if you're going to tell me seven and three are close, they're not. They're just not. No, I understand where you're coming from on that. I I get that. I totally but get you that. don't because you keep asking the same thing. No, I'm talking about whether or not a team can beat another team, and Michigan cannot beat all Ohio the time State. Teams upset other teams. Yes, it can happen, but it's not the norm. Okay, let's let's talk about the Egg Bowl. Since uh, since Fletchy's in, since uh, since we are hitting hitting our stride here. Now that we're in the fifty third minute of this, and we're probably going to go an hour and a half today. I hope you got time. Um, Mississippi State twenty one, Ole Miss twenty. Now, all of the crap online with this was selfish and this was stupid and da 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 da. I get all that. I don't think like I. I think it was a bad timing to do that. <laughs> to do to do the 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 leg pee thing. So by um, saying that, you mean there's a good timing for it. Um. It what he did did not bother me. I don't think it warranted like a. I'm, I'm asking a different question. If it, if this was bad timing. What is the good time? I think the good time is when you are up by a significant margin. <laughs> so like, it's okay to pee on somebody then. Uh, to to fake pee like a dog in the end zone when you are up by four touchdowns, I think is fine. Okay, Sounds I have like I have no problem. From Alabama fan, it's it's <laughs> kind. Look, it's it's classless. It's whatever. It's dumb. They're like get in there. I'm the you know me. I'm the guy that's act like you've been there before, right? But, like, I, I don't think that trashing the kid uh, 
Man, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know. How do you feel about it? What do you think? I mean, about they're this? trashing the kid because of he he did it, and it cost his team the game. What what else are you supposed to do? Coddle him, tell him it's okay, no, it'll be all right. Like I, I, when you make mistakes, there are consequences, and your consequence cost cost you the game. Other people a game. Uh, Kelly Anderson jumped in. She said, uh, or he said, I uh, I seriously love listening to you guys. You crack me up. Yeah, we we get that a lot. We fight a lot. So we still love each other. It's all good. <laughs> love is a relative term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike said, coach should be fired. That's ridiculous and uncalled for. Uh, somebody coach, else coach uh, said, somebody else jumped in uh, earlier and said that it's a, it's a culture issue. And Mike just said, that's a culture problem. Yeah, it's... Uh, you're, either, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. I know yeah. it seems that that seems like a very simplistic way of putting things, but sometimes the most complicated things are really not that complicated. No, it's this is a a small thing that gives you a bigger he view into that he program. He could get away with it, and at worst, he would get a butt chewing. But if they won the game, nobody would care, and everybody would laugh and joke about it. But it cost him 15 yards. They missed the extra point. All that uh, now. Mississippi State fans were fired up about this, and it looks like Joe Moorhead is going to get to keep his job. What did he say after the game? He said, uh, they're going to have to drag my Yankee ass out of here. Like, this is my state, and this is my program, and the players were all on board with him and all this. And that is completely different from everything that we had heard throughout the season. This is one of those situations where Ole Miss is playing 3D chess. That's, (laughs) That's all I know. They are playing the long con, the big game, they see the picture better than anybody else because this is four more years of Moorhead, baby. That's, I'll, I'll tell we you this. We lost a game that does not matter, <laughs> yeah. that no team wanted to win, and if it means that they get to keep that guy yeah. and rebuilding somehow, some other way, we take a massive step forward in this rivalry for the state of Mississippi. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. Uh, Mississippi State allowing that late drive to happen was borderline criminal. Uh, To be rewarded for allowing that to happen was just insane. Like, it's, it, it, I almost, like, I wanted Ole Miss to make the extra point because Mississippi State did not deserve to win the football game. Nope. I will say this it did help out our, uh, our Ole Miss, you know, uh, uh, spread bets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we we yeah, covered the yeah, two and a half. There with the win. I'll take. I'll cash a ticket. He like, went cash ticket. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, that was uh, that that just man. What a what a weird game. What a crazy way to start off the college football weekend. Like I I just and and to of all the things to have Pat McAfee on the call for that. That was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What 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 was I most thankful for this Thanksgiving Day? That there was somebody with with real legit bona fide credentials wrote an article titled "The Piss and the Miss," <laughs> and that's that's it. That guy went to journalism school. Yeah, that guy that guy is a real, that's something you and I might be creative enough and trashy enough to say. That is something with real bona fide journalism credentials had to write about. Yes, the piss and the miss. That's that's all I was thankful. That was not all. That that's what I was thankful for this Thanksgiving. Now that that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, let's try and jump through some of the rest of these. Uh, Missouri wins against Arkansas on Friday, 
24 to 14. Barry Woo. Odom gets fired. That was um, an ugly game, though. Oh, it, it absolutely was ugly. Uh, but I will tell you this the story behind him being fired is one of the craziest things that I have ever heard. And Stephen, Stephen Godfrey got this information and talked about it on the Banner Society yesterday on, uh, I think, their, uh, one of their platforms, whatever it is. Uh, hey, Benjamin jumps in on Facebook. He said, potty toddy. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Um, so the, the Missouri firing of Barry Odom. They went 6-6 six and six this year. Nobody was calling for Odom to be fired anyway because they, they had the NCAA stuff go on. Uh, they all felt like they had been mistreated. Everybody was kind of in sync together and felt like they were moving in the right direction. They were going to get through this year, and then they were going to move forward because that, that university has problems. They, they're still having problems selling tickets. They're recruiting stuff because of the NCAA and whatever else. Like All that recruiting stuff is, is a problem. Um, they have got issues. They've got logistical issues. They, they can't recruit to Columbia anyway, it's it's difficult because there's not a lot of... You know, there were only two four-stars in the entire state of Missouri in recruiting last year. There's no home base. You got to go to Texas. You got to go wherever and, and get some guys. And it's tough to do that. Like, I understand they're in the SEC East, but, like, Missouri has got issues. So, Barry Odom, after the game, goes to the president and the AD and wants... A vote of confidence. He wants it public. He wants everybody to know that the school is behind him. And they said, "Whoa, man! Like we just got done with the game. Let's just let's just hang out, and we'll kind of reevaluate where we are and see if we need to make any staff changes. See, you know, let's just talk about this later. But like, you're good. Everything's fine." And he went and told his staff that man, they're going to end up firing us, and it started getting out to some of the media and everything else, and it got back to the president and the AD, and they then went to Barry Odom and said, okay. Like, they were pissed off, and they said, if you want to be fired, then all right. Like, you're out. And it completely blew up on him. Now, I don't know if he actually wanted to get fired, but that was a really strange way. Like, if why in the world would you care so much about a public vote of confidence? Whenever something sounds too, like, that just seems unreal to me. Like, I feel like there has to be more nuance to that conversation, and there has to be more to the story. Obviously, there's got to be more details than just, what I just gave out. He went out. and said, I want a vote of confidence. And they said, hang on, the game just ended. We'll talk about this later. And then he went to the locker room, told all the coaches, pack your shit, we're all being fired. Like, I just, I don't believe that happened. I don't think he told them, pack your shit. I think he told them that we're probably going to be fired. But damn, I'm telling a story here. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. That doesn't make sense, though. I'm going to bet when they, I don't know that they said, you're good. They probably said, we're going to evaluate things, and we'll talk about this tomorrow. And he maybe smelled, you know, the roses and kind of got a little look of the tea leaves and said, this isn't going to look good for us. Yeah. And so I'm just going to burn it to the ground. And, and, and maybe uh, that sounds more like what I think would happen than them saying, 
no, you're good. We're behind you. Everything's great. We're not making a change. Everything's wonderful. But the game just ended, so let's give us a couple of you know days or time to, to, to let things cool down and calm down, and then we'll talk later, and we'll make some type of statement later, and then he goes in the locker room and blows up. That that just seems asinine to me. I, I, I just I can't believe that's what, what happened. I think it all happened after they got back to Columbia. Like, because this happened in a span of, you know, less than 24 hours. Like, well, it was, yeah, but it, I mean, they fly back it, to Columbia. I don't think at any point in time they told him, you're good. Because if they tell you you're good, then I don't think you're going back in your locker room and burning it to the ground. Yeah. Not yet. Either way, I think it is very interesting because I don't know oh, who's going to go get the job. insane situation. I don't know who's going to take the job. I mean, that it, it, it just... Who who would want to go to like they so a lot of people I was listening to jocks in uh, in Birmingham yesterday and when it broke and their immediate thought was well they don't make this move unless they've got somebody like Matt Campbell already lined up oh they're not getting a coach like that why would Matt Campbell leave Iowa State for Missouri no that's that's not happening no they're I mean they're going to end up getting some G five coach but it's not going to be a Norvell or a Willie Fritz like it's well, I could see know, it being a Willie Fritz. I mean, Ooh, Tulane I did just go six and six this year. So, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you can go six and six at Tulane forever and and be a god and never get fired. You you go six and six, you know, in Missouri, you get fired. Yeah, uh, we got a couple of comments in that said, uh, "Could Urban Meyer go to Ole Miss?" That was from Lone Wolf. Mike said, "No way, Urban goes to Ole Miss. Only uh, only place I see Urban is Notre Dame." Uh, let's see. True, it would be interesting uh, if did go to SEC West team just to see how it would work. Uh, Larry Pilgrim said, Urban's Utes versus Urban's Buckeyes. What a storyline. Uh, Mike said, except Urban's been gone way too long to still tie him to the Utes. And Larry said, he's actually on the payroll as a consultant right now for Utah. He's been here a few times over the season. Mike said, wow, I didn't know that. Larry said, I didn't know how that would work because I think he's a consultant for Ohio State as well. Um and then Chris jumped in and said, Urban is done coaching. His wife, Shelly, is going to make sure of that. So, yeah, coaching changes. I think, I think athletic directors are going to make sure of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. If you think a school if you think a school like Notre Dame would hire Urban Meyer after the shit he's been through, that, probably not that place has a lot of pride and a lot of dignity and a lot of respect for who they are and, and the brand that they are. Yeah. Brian Kelly's about as big of an asshole as they're going to go. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, let's see. Let's see. Next uh, next topic on the list, Memphis. Let's let's talk about the uh, the hometown boys. All right. I was at this game. It was awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I want to know about. The, uh, the crowd looked pretty decent on TV. Now, obviously, the Friday after Thanksgiving, it's kind of tough to get people uh, out. There was, there was easily 35,000 there. Yeah. That's, well, the, so the, the numbers were... Closer to forty five, but yeah, I would guess there was thirty five. That's what that's announced. That wasn't forty five there. That's it was uh it was an awesome football game. Memphis gets the win thirty four twenty four over Cincinnati. I was impressed with Cincinnati's backup quarterback. He <laughs> was dropping dimes in this game. Now he had a couple of mistakes, obviously that cost him uh, big time. But man, you want to talk about a fun football game? This is what G5 football, this is what college football is supposed to be about. And it was, Memphis had to get the win to get into the college football, uh, 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 not the college football, uh, excuse me, the AAC championship game. Correct. And, man, I just, 
like it was uh it was nerve-wracking for me obviously uh, and you were there how was the situation in the stands like did anybody ever feel like they were going to get beat yeah no I, I, i'm going to tell you where the game changed this game can be pointed to one play Memphis was struggling in the second half to really move the football. Cincinnati started coming on. It was close. And Cincinnati gets them. Big stop, big sack, big play for a loss. It's about to be, I don't know, third and 15, third and 17. And we're just assuming Memphis is about to punt this football away because this drive just doesn't look good. And for some reason, a defensive player decided to take a swing at an offensive lineman and hit him in the face. And that kid... 15-yard penalty, first down. Memphis does uh, like a triple reverse flea flicker. (laughs) Yeah. Three running backs and receivers touched the football before it got flipped back to White, and White uh, grossly underthrew the ball. But thankfully, Memphis has got some freak wide receivers that just made a hell of a move on it, caught the ball, got in the end zone, touchdown. That changed the game. Yeah. That's it. That 100%. changed the game right there. And I, I'm going to tell you this, that team, Cincinnati scares me. If they're okay. coming back next week in Memphis for the championship game, that's not going to be – that was not a 10-point game, and uh, and and it was it was a little scary at first. But, no, but I'm gonna say they're two evenly matched teams. It's going to be an outstanding game to watch. These, these teams are completely different in the way they're built, but they're both very evenly matched. Yeah. I, uh, I I agree with you 100%. Uh, I wonder if it's going to be a completely different Cincinnati game plan with Desmond Ritter because I will He's say this. The whole, they say they're going to play both of them. I, I can believe it because uh, uh, the kid Bryant look good. can throw the football. No, he looked really I, good. I think significantly better than Ritter. They got, they got a big tight end that Memphis could not cover. Whenever they were in a deep third down situation and they needed third and 12 or third and 14, man, they went uh, to DeGar. 83. Yeah. yeah. And that dude, he was open by, I don't know, five yards every time and he just dropped it in his hands. It's just like, how you can't lose that guy and he can't be faster than you. He just can't be. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, for him to be bigger than you and go up and get balls, that's one thing. Wrestle balls away from you, got it. He's bigger and stronger. How the hell is he faster than you? Uh, that's a that's a good question. That's a real good question. Hey, by the way, home field, uh, which we're free advertising for them right now, I guess. Uh, the piss and the miss. You can uh, you can buy the T-shirt. I'm. I'll see if I can. You can't see anything on. T- oh, it's starting to blur up a little. The piss I, I, I and the make, miss. I can make a better T-shirt than that. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. If you want a piss and miss T-shirt, email email us, and I'll put one together for you. <laughs> He'll put it together. Uh, Mike said, I could see someone trying to get Luke Fickle. Yeah, I, I think I agree with yes, that. Yes, I Oh, no, absolutely. I think people are going to want Luke Fickle, but he ain't going to Missouri. He's not leaving Cincinnati for the Missouri job. No. No, if he goes anywhere, I think he goes to, uh, I think he goes to Michigan State. He'll go to a Big Ten school. Like, and, but it has to be the right one. I don't think he, he may not leave this year. I really do think D'Antonio's done. I think he's out. I think he retires. I, I, I keep checking my, my news on my phone to see, like, because today's the day for, for coaching stuff to happen. Um, he's, he's, I, don't, I don't think he's gone. Man, I just you, – you might be right. I think but, he loves the sport. I think he loves the game. 
And I think they got a good team coming back next year. They were young this year. They were inexperienced this year. You might be right. Uh, let's stay on Friday. Let's stay on Friday. Let's uh, let's talk about Virginia 39, Virginia Tech 30. I we were we were both just wrong on this. Yeah. Uh, Virginia wanted this more, and Virginia Tech did play well in certain spots. Um, I I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I don't think Virginia has any chance of beating Clemson. Clemson. Uh, and I thought that Virginia Tech might. Well, I, didn't like, need, I didn't think that. I, I, I thought Virginia Tech crazy, had a better chance. So, like, the scene that was there was outstanding. Like, every that stadium was full. Like, they care so deeply about that football program. And Bronco Mendenhall did a hell of a job coaching. Like, yes. that was just an unbelievable football game. Uh, tell me, I mean, did you watch this? I watched, yeah, I watched as much of it as I could until, until I left for the game. And then um, the TV area in the Memphis Concourse had it on. So, okay. It um, was, uh, I mean, the the numbers and everything for, um, I mean, for Bryce Perkins and the, the way that the game played out at the end, I mean, it was... Virginia Tech couldn't do anything in the first half. And then in the second half, in the third quarter, they come out and they put up three touchdowns, and it looks like they are going to run away with this thing. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, the only issue with it is whoever won it had to go play Clemson the next week. And it's just it's a little bit deflating. Like, you feel good for a little while, and then you get into the week, and it's like, oh, man. <laughs> hey, you want to go full circle on the Missouri-Barry Odom game? Yeah, I'd love to. Barry Odom's going to end up at Virginia Tech's defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. He was Fuente's uh, defensive coordinator at uh, at Memphis. Yep. That, that's going to happen. Did you just pull that out of your out of the back of your head? Well, yeah. That's, I, I thought maybe you were looking through the comments. I wouldn't have put those two no, together I was, for a I while. Was trying, I was trying to see a stat on – because it's – Felica tweeted out a, a stat where Miami beat – like a couple of teams that are all going to play for championship games is like the worst year Miami's ever had. Yeah, and like I was like, did Miami beat Virginia? And I went, I was checking that. So yeah, but yeah, Miami. Uh, I, I forgot the stat. I couldn't find it. But no, yeah, the Barry Odom situation, Vatek. Yeah, that's you can you can just take that to the bank right now. Yeah, you probably right. DC because Barry Odom's not getting the head coaching job. No, 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 no. He he no. didn't do well enough. He he was what twenty five and twenty five. He's going to go strap it up in Virginia Tech and, and try to fill some big shoes. Yeah, uh, Lone Wolf jumped in. He said uh, the game changed when Virginia stripped the ball from Virginia Tech in the end zone. Well, yeah, I mean Virginia Tech was down by three points, and yeah. they had the ball close to the end zone. No, yeah, that's a that's a that's a, at least a yeah. three point swing, if not a. Seven no, that's point. I mean that's a. Lord, it, well, it's no, it, it's not a swing. It's it made it yeah. it made it the nine point game. Uh, and it was very interesting, by the way. That's what, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. They like, had they had a give me field goal from there, possibly a touchdown. Well, no, no, no. This was at their own end zone. This was oh. back at their own end zone. This turned oh, into the touchdown. Like it was, it was with a minute whatever left. That's like because right. they were already down by three, and they were in their own end zone, and they stripped him and recovered the fumble, all that. So that that happened at the very end of the game. Um, I, I think with it was it maybe less than a minute left. 
So it made yeah, it nine points. The game had already started then, so I'm going off highlights from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, missed, so the last um, 15, 20 minutes of the third quarter. Yeah, okay, quarter. that makes sense. So what, what happened here, and this was an interesting play call, Bronco Mendenhall knew that they were up by two scores when they went up by nine at that point. Like, they, they recovered yeah. that fumble in the end zone. They're up 39 to 30 with it right at a minute left or like 50-something seconds left. And rather than attempt a uh, an extra point, he had his quarterback go out there and kneel the ball so that they didn't risk getting a PAT blocked and returned, turning it back into a seven-point game. Yep. I thought it was genius. Well, yeah. Like, I just – and the why other coaches don't do this kind of stuff? Like, obviously I mean, the could, odds – You could have called a running play and not pitched the ball or anything like that. Yes, you've got an opportunity for a fumble – but it's still an incredibly safe play. Yeah, very safe. When you are just wanting the win, you don't care if it's by a point, you don't care what it is, you just want the win, and especially after 15 years of not beating Virginia Tech, they just wanted the win. No, uh, you're right, though. You're right. You can't. I mean, it's almost impossible to score nine points in that little bit of time unless you get the onside kick. Yeah. And your defense hadn't given up a bunch of big plays or a lot of points all day. So Yeah. Now, I could see them giving up, like, one, but two is – Nearly yeah. impossible, so don't give them a chance to block a PAT and run it back and get back momentum. Don't do that. Uh, let's move on. Let's see, next topic up. Oh, let's talk about your boys. We okay. had not hit on your boys yet. So I was just waiting, buying my time. I figured you might be. Be patient. Um, LSU, 50. Texas A&M, 7. And this, that score is actually closer than what the game really was. Uh I want to start off with with Joe Burrow coming out for senior night to the standing ovation with the you know the the Burrow B U R R E A U X jersey that was fantastic. I, I might have teared up multiple times during this game. I know that I know that that makes me a sissy. Uh, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that. No, 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 no. This is the best season that you guys have had this, in forever. This is, the, this is the best player. This is the best quarterback we've ever had. Oh, I ever. agree with that. A hundred percent. This season is magical, and oh, I'm just yeah. I'm just enjoying it. Oh, as as you should, as you should. Uh, it is like this is what you what you build towards because I don't think LSU is going to be this next year. Like, I think they're going to be really, really damn good. That's why I talk about tempering expectations. Yes, 100%. You are so right. Uh, but, this, like, everything about this game, you know, when I, I got scared off of the line because it, it kept going up, right? And and all of the metrics and all that crap that I pay attention to said that, you know, A&M's been playing better and this should be this. It, but, but what it can't factor in is motivation. And... LSU was so mad about the way that that game ended last year. And it, they even talked about it in the in the uh, post-game press conference. Like, it, that we had been pointing at these guys all season. That's right. And it's kind of crazy to be pointing at a team that has now ended up 7-5. and five, Don't care. But it was a seven-overtime, just ridiculous game last year. And the way that it ended with yep. fights on the field... A&M folks throwing sucker punches at us. Yes. And Ed Orgeron is a passionate man. Yep. And the way that he went about this was so incredible. But but what I I knew that LSU was going to destroy them when 
they had the press conference in the middle of the week with Joe Burrow, and they he was like really looking forward to this weekend. And they and everybody's like, you know, they're laughing, but they're like, well, why? Like, what, what are you what are you so excited about? And he was like, you know, just another game day. And he's like grinning from ear to ear, looking like Macaulay Culkin. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was about to die watching that press conference. I was like, they are going to destroy this team. Like, not only did they get jumped for number one last week, but because people said we didn't have a defense, which which held Texas A and M to seven points, which by the way, was less than what Georgia held them to. Less than what Clemson held them to. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, we didn't jump on that Dabo thing, did we? No. Is there anything else you want to hit on, on LSU? No, it was just it was just a really it was, it was a, a fun it was, night. It was a perfect night. It was exactly what I wanted. I had some asshole from Ohio State trying to bother me on Twitter, and I just kept I just had to put the phone down and I'm I'm just enjoying this. You're not ruining this night for me. That's a, good for you. Good for so. you. I, I had I had a lot of them. I had Utah fans that wanted to jump all over me about Alabama getting beat last night. I just you know you know there's an emoji that you can flip people off with? No, I didn't. I used that a lot last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I was like, Y'all y'all enjoy yourself. Go up against LSU. We'll see what happens. We'll see uh, what happens. Uh I do think well, LSU I do, I do I do want to know this. Did LSU do enough? Because I mean, this is I brought this up earlier. I don't even know if we, we were going live or it was just me and bitching before the show started, but like what everyone points back at like week three against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt scored 30 points. Like we, we, we had 60 and we let them come back in a game of garbage time. Like, yeah, we didn't know that we were playing for a national title in week three. And by putting in backups on defense, allowing Vanderbilt to score some and and taking our foot off the gas, we didn't know that that was going to be factored in when trying to compete for national title. I just assume that if you go to Tuscaloosa and beat Tua Tungavailoa in that Alabama football team, that's good enough. Go to Texas and beat them. Now, I know they're a five-loss team. We didn't know that when we played them in week two and never never trail in that game and dominate and control the entire game. Did, didn't know that wasn't going to be good enough. Have Florida come into our house. Have Auburn come into our house. A top 10, a top 15 school. And, and, and beat both of them. I didn't know. And, and kind of handily, I didn't know that that wasn't going to be enough. So in week three or four when we're playing well, yeah. Vanderbilt, that letting up garbage time touchdowns matter. I, I, I didn't know that. We knew it last night because they said – your defense hadn't been good enough. You're not a complete enough team. That's the first time they've said that as a credential and a criteria. So, so of course, said, the defense oh, okay. comes out. Yeah. Well, then we just won't let them score <laughs> at all. No, I love it. Down by like 35, and then they get one. Uh, Larry Pilgrim jumped in. He said, "It wasn't me. I didn't give you crap. No, it wasn't Larry. There were there were numerous people that wanted to jump in my DMs on Twitter, which." I appreciate you guys for for paying attention and thinking that I that I matter uh or that I care one way or the other but uh but yeah no that's LSU did exactly what they need to do uh now just go do it against Georgia and I think you can uh Georgia had Georgia had major problems yes I'm going to make this clear I, I don't know that LSU wins the national championship I don't know that they beat Georgia I don't know that they make it through the first round of the playoffs I know this. It's all gravy from here. It's all gold from here. And there's no team left on our schedule or a potential opponent that scares me. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you jump in on on Mike here. 
Uh, Mike said, this is the only time Chris drives me crazy. Talks about garbage time for LSU, but hates on Ohio State for giving up 21 against Rutgers. Most nope. of it was garbage time. Nope. Uh, nope. Go ahead. I'm going to let I'm you. consistent with this. I only bring that up because people have brought up garbage time against Alabama when we were up by three scores and Alabama came back and scored too late. Garbage time against Ole Miss. Garbage time against uh, Vanderbilt. People throw that in our face. Garbage time against Texas. But nobody brings up the fact that 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 y'all have garbage time too against really bad teams. I bring it up. I bring it up because if you're going to hold me to that standard, I'm going to hold you to that standard. Yeah, yeah. I figured I figured you would want to jump on that, <laughs> Chris. Uh, I think that that's appropriate. Chris Kennedy said, "I think if uh, if LSU soundly beats Georgia, uh, they'll jump to number one. I think Wisconsin will play Ohio State closer this time around. I agree with both of those things. I agree with both." I don't know that it matters if you just want to look at resumes. If, if, if everything that we've done throughout this season doesn't matter, then why the hell are we doing it? Yeah. But you run the gauntlet that we've ran and you play the teams that we've played, get out of here. Penn State, Florida, uh, uh, Michigan, Florida, and Auburn are better than both those teams. Yes. And if you don't agree with that and you think I'm an SEC bias, look at the rankings. Look at all the metrics about it. Penn State is a mediocre team that got off hot early. That is it. <laughs> Uh, Mike said, I love getting Chris going. Absolutely love getting Chris going. Um, you, uh, you want to talk about Dabo for a second? We can. Let's, uh, let's chat about Dabo Sweeney. It's not um, a baby. So Clemson beat South Carolina 38 to three. And obviously, you know, this is one of the things that we have to talk about now when we're talking about rankings and everything else. Um, they, they win the game convincingly, and he goes on a rant about how the playoff committee doesn't really want them in there. And let's see. Uh, Mike said last week you said Michigan is a top six team. Well, they were playing like it, but they shot themselves in the foot, so is what it is. Um, so in this situation with Dabo, we'll get back on this. Dabo Sweeney said that the Playoff committee does not want them in there and that Clemson is held to a different standard than everybody else and it's not fair and they, they're they just going to have to go 30-0 and 0 to be able to convince anybody that they're worth the crap and that they need to get some ACC guys uh, in on these big shows because they've only got Big Ten and SEC guys and it's not, you know, it's not fair and they've been dominant and they've been the same team every year and this same South Carolina team that they just whipped uh, beat Georgia but the playoff committee really wants to keep Georgia in there, but they don't want Clemson in there. He is becoming insufferable. I like. I love Dabo. It's not fair. Hearing him and Nick Saban cry last night that things aren't fair for the two biggest programs in all of college football. Oh, poor pudding. Uh, Larry said Dabo was awesome, and he spit the truth. I. Look. He spit the truth. First things first, we have to stop with this 30-0 and 0 bullshit. They won the national title last year, right? We agree on that, correct? Yeah. I'm yeah. quit yelling for a minute. But we, we agree. They won the title. We gave them a trophy. Yeah. They, they were the best team in all of college football. If they go undefeated this year, they're going to get another trophy and they're going to be the best. But that has no bearings on how we should look at anybody for next year. It's a new season. It's a new program. It's a new thing. I don't care if the same players come back. It doesn't matter. The Patriots don't start out 
first overall next year. They have to play a first place schedule. Yeah. And that's just part of it. In every other sport, you don't just you don't just say, Well, you were good last year, so we're gonna assume you're we're gonna roll that over into this year. You were already rewarded for that. Yeah. Now they do how, give preseason rankings and all that. For that. So so right now, you're you're twelve and oh, just like Alabama or just like LSU and just like Ohio State. And you'll you'll like this you'll like this from Fletchy right quick. He said, I don't like top ten team coaches uh saying things aren't fair. Try being a bottom tier SEC team and tell me about fair. And then uh, Chris Kennedy said, Dabo is doing this for his team's benefit. It's a mind game for his own team, the us-against-the-world outlook. And that's, yeah, that's a lot of what this is. But, man, like, some of this stuff, keep it in the locker room. Like, because we don't want to hear it. Crying Crying to the media just makes you look weak and petty. And for him to complain. Here's the thing, though. That's, That's Dabo in a nutshell, weak and petty. It's, I mean, it. it, He's a hell of a football coach, yes. and he has surrounded himself with an incredible staff, and they've got an awesome thing going there. I think but they're man, actually about, about to lose as, some of that staff, by the way. He's about as soft and as petty as they come. I'm just talking thin-skinned. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. I, uh, I want a coach that when they beat a big team – well, of course, they haven't won a big game because they don't play big games in the ACC. And that's – is that his fault? No. But at the end of the day, you still have to be judged by the same criteria everybody else is judged with. If if and I schedule have matters. Of Dabo, hang on. If I have video of Dabo on a soapbox screaming and hollering that UCF got screwed and should have been in the national championship because they were twenty nine and zero and they got left out, then then I would call him fair and honest and I would believe what he's saying. But see, he didn't say nothing that year. He said you didn't play nobody. Oh. Well, their strength of schedule is a hell of a lot better than your strength of schedule this year. So why was it not good enough for them, but it's good enough for you? All these guys just want what's best for them, and they don't care about anything else. They don't care about how it really looks to everybody else. Larry said, uh, don't need to see them beat Florida, Auburn, or Michigan to know what I see. End of the season, I think they're without a doubt one of the best teams. His point was rankings drop and rise. And I... I'm with you on that. I, I get all that. I think Clemson's great. Teams. Being third in the country is pretty damn good. Yeah, but there, there's no reason to have them ranked above LSU or Ohio State right now. There's just not. No. Uh, and the reason for that is there's there's no proof. Like it, there's resumes no resume. matter. What else would we be basing on? We'd be basing off of what they did last year, and half those guys aren't there. Yeah. And the half that are there, it doesn't matter because it's a new season. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what we've complained about. Uh, with Clemson's schedule all season, it's we, you, we're gonna like if they go undefeated, they're going to be in. They're so, not going to have a ranked opponent the entire year when it's all said and done. It, what, Zero when he, wins against top twenty-five. His argument about South Carolina and about Georgia losing to South Carolina is comical at best yes. because he didn't man, like he didn't bring up Texas A and M, who they beat nope. twenty-four to ten, and then yeah. LSU beat them like a drum last night. Like beat them fifty to seven. So if you're gonna do that, well then you're gonna keep the same rankings that you got. You're you're number three, buddy. Like, and if you are better than the first two teams, you're gonna get a shot. You're gonna I'm get a shot to this, play. Them. This actually gives me a lot of pride. It makes me feel really good. He didn't say, and, and, and I told you this off air. I'll say, I'll say, tell it to everybody now. He didn't say a word. He didn't whisper a peep of any of this stuff when they were three and Ohio State was two. But Ohio State jumped them because I think they feel comfortable. I'm telling you, outside of Ohio State people, I've watched this Ohio State team a lot. They're really good. They're not unbeatable. 
Okay, they they don't scare me. They might beat LSU. They won't kill us, and and they don't scare me. All right, and I don't think they scared Clemson. And I think he's pissed off now because now they bumped Ohio State, and he don't want to play LSU and Ohio State. He wants to play Ohio State first and get that out of the way. He didn't say a word when it was they were three and Ohio State was two. And yeah. all of a sudden, LSU got dropped down to two, and he looks at what those boys are doing in Baton Rouge. He says, I don't want any part of that. I want any part of that. I want somebody else to take them out. Lone Wolf said ACC is lucky to have any ranked team besides Clemson. Uh, well, they don't have a ranked team. Well, they, Virginia will be ranked this week because Virginia Tech was number 24. So but, they got a four-loss ranked team? Well, it's a three-loss. They're nine and three. So, But it'll be a four-loss. It won't be ranked uh, uh, afterwards, after Clemson beats them. Uh, Larry said, agree, if you're in the top four, you get a chance to back it up. And that's the that's the thing, right? That's what the playoff is all about. You get in, you will have a shot. Sure. Like Utah right now, if they get into the four slot, they will have a shot to go and prove everybody wrong. And that's that's what's so fun about it, right? Like it, the Everybody wants to move it to eight teams. Like I think I would like for it to be eight teams. But, you know, like it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Let's uh let's kind of rapid fire through some of this other stuff. The Pac-12. Uh, Larry's been in here for a while. Let's talk about Utah. Forty-five to fifteen over Clemson last night. Oregon got a twenty-four to ten win over Oregon State. Um, that should be a fun matchup next week. Like I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Utah is going to uh, just destroy Oregon. I think Oregon is is looking at this game as a shot to go to the Rose Bowl where they haven't been in a, in a while. Um. Like this has been a really successful season for both of these uh, both these teams. I I had I think uh, Oregon sees this game as a little bit of desperation because if Cristobal loses this game, he didn't win a single big game on the entire season. Oh yeah, no you're you're right. Uh, Matthew W jumped in on on YouTube. He said, "Gary, poof, your poor two hundred dollar betting against Utah again. Thanks for the direct transfer to my account." And he said, "I kid, I kid." Uh, he said the Oregon-Utah championship should be close, though, and it wasn't me on Twitter, too. Like, I know it wasn't you either. I know. I know. There were there were three different guys that just randos that don't hop in the chat. That Yeah, it was a mess. Uh, but, yes, it, like I, I bet against Utah last night, and had they not scored with their backup quarterback with, you know, five minutes left in the game, I would have been fine. But it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you're going to lose bets, and that, that's all it is. But it wasn't anything against Utah. Like, I just thought it was a high-pressure situation. You're looking ahead to Oregon next week. There's no reason to win by more than four touchdowns. So, you know, I thought uh, Colorado fighting for a bowl berth would have been able to keep uh, keep a little bit closer. And it looked okay early. But, man, it just, yeah, is what it is. Um, let's see. Larry said, I was shocked when Oregon only won at home 24-10 to when Utah went to Oregon State and got them 56-7. That was... That was a while ago. Oregon State has gotten better as the season has progressed. Uh, so and, Oregon. and Oregon is looking towards playing Utah. Like it, it, it is a look it's ahead a spot. Rival, it's a rivalry game. Rivalry it's game rivalry. in a look ahead spot, though. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, you know. You just can't use circular reasoning, which is why it's bad. And I hate bringing it up. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. But, but because we only get 12 games a year from these teams. Uh, there's only so much that you can point to. Well, and, what do you think about this being a big game for Mario? Oh, it's a massive game for Mario. Like, I, I, mean, I, I don't think he's in trouble like of getting fired or anything no, like no, that. No, no, but, no. But, but, I mean, his legacy right now is, is in-game coaching mistakes. Yes. 
I mean, he cost himself the Auburn game. We believe that, right? We think that oh, they yes. got out coached at the end of the game, and that was on him. I, well, I think he, I think some of the decisions he made cost him the uh, the Arizona State game. Well, that was what I was about to say. We think that he. I was going to bring that up afterwards. I think he cost him the Arizona State game. Yeah. I, at some point in time, he's going to do something to win them a game because they're winning because of talent. This is a Kirby Smart situation here. Yeah. They win because of talent because they are extremely talented and gifted. When they lose, it's because he got in the way. He made a a fantastic hire, by the way. Uh, Avalos, where he brought yeah. in the defensive coordinator from Boise State. I completely agree. Fantastic, fantastic worked out really coaching well. decision. It, it Bringing in out people easy. that know how to recruit and build a program in the Pacific Northwest, it's, it's smart. That's really smart. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Miller jumped in. He said, Oklahoma get in. Uh, Oklahoma gets in over Utah if they win against Baylor. And I think I agree with that. You think you you agree with that? Yep. I think it depends on on how bad they beat them. I don't. I don't. I, I think a I think a barely one game against Baylor is going to be a better resume builder than if Utah wins by let's say double does 10, 10, 14 points, two touchdowns. Uh, the resume is better. The resume is just better, Gary. It it is, but I I think that they have had so many. Close two, ball win, two wins over Baylor, and you're the only team that beat Baylor the entire year. I, I understand that. undefeated other than you. I think that's big, and Utah won't have anything close to that. I think if Utah handles Oregon, you know, at 14 points, they beat them by two touchdowns, whatever, I, I think that I think the, I, I think the committee looks at that, and they look at game control, and they look at strength of record and all that, and Utah is ranked higher than Oklahoma is in all of those stats. Like I, I just, I just do. I, I don't know how any of that stuff comes up. I'm going to tell you this: that the games, the Big Twelve is head and shoulders better than the Pac-12. It just I, is. I look at it this way: it 2000, just is. 2017. Um, and yes, you're right. The Big Twelve is better than the Pac-12. Baylor's played nine games far more difficult than 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 Utah's played, and Oklahoma subsequently nine games far more difficult than Utah's played. 2017. Ohio State had significantly more. Now they they did have the big time loss where they just got manhandled, but uh, Oklahoma got manhandled by Kansas State. Like they that game was a seven point game at the end. But at the end of the day, they're not going to remember that. They're going to see it was a seven point game <sighs> against a team that was pretty damn good this year. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it. We don't know how the committee is going to do this. It wasn't, I have, it wasn't to Purdue. I, I think it all depends on what happens in these championship games and who wins by more and all that kind of mess. Like I, I really I think that they really like Utah. Uh, let's see. Matthew Miller said uh, wins versus Baylor twice, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Iowa State. What is Utah's second best win? Uh, Larry said, I think the team that looks the best in the title game goes. Committee said complete teams are valued. That's why Ohio State jumped LSU. That's one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about because LSU's resume – Looks great compared to Ohio State's. Like they, they are somewhat comparable, but, but LSU is so much better. Is, is, see, all right, they might do that. That might be what the committee's doing. But the problem is, is they're trying to judge completeness, and they don't have accurate information because these teams don't play the same schedules. Yes. and so therefore, how do you know that those teams are complete? Yeah, no, you're right. When you're you don't right. play a good offense all year, it makes good defenses look great. Um, Matthew W. said Oklahoma has the bigger brand, uh, which brings more eyeballs and money. So, yeah, they probably leapfrog uh, Utah. 
uh, CFP playoff, churn, baby, churn. Uh, let's see, Mike said that's right, Matthew. And then Matthew Miller jumped in. He said Kansas State will be ranked, which doesn't matter because Oklahoma lost to them. Like, I understand a loss to a ranked team should matter, but what, are you going to have Kansas State back there at 24 and USC at 23, and that's who both of them lost to? I mean, it, it's the same thing. They both lost to an 8-4 and four team. So, you know, I I don't think it necessarily matters which one gets in. I think it's better for Utah. Um, but, man, I just... I don't know. This is going to be really interesting because I think it, to to avoid the fight, if Alabama had won yesterday, they would have put in Alabama um, to avoid the fight between which conference is better. Well, and but, but that ain't happening. So now we got to see who do they value more. Uh, Utah, who has dominated everybody other than USC. And I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. All right. Let's, uh, we've been going forever. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, Northwestern. Gets a big win yesterday, um, twenty nine to ten over Illinois. That is five straight over Illinois for Northwestern. Drops Illinois to six and six. Uh, that was a good win. Like I think, I think to end the season on a high note is definitely good for that program. They still are going to have to figure out something to do with McCall. They they got to get rid of that offense coordinator. Um, and I, I I would imagine Hunter Johnson comes back next year and looks better. Like I I hope. Like they got to work on him. Um, let's see. Let's uh, what are the last two? Oh, Washington gets another big win, and Mike Leach went off, went off in the press conference. Yep. Uh, there was a columnist there that was talking about the gap between you know we we talked about the Michigan gap between them and Ohio State. The gap between Washington and Washington State. Uh. Somebody asked that question, and Leach called the guy a sanctimonious troll, and he doesn't understand why that guy even comes to the games because he knows that he's just going to write trash anyway. And, I mean, it was it was pretty epic. It was pretty crazy to, to watch it um, because it was just, I mean, man. Like, I, I, I haven't seen him do that in a long time. Do you think that he, he can possibly take a job? Because I could see him taking that Missouri job. I mean, I'd love for him to come to the SEC. I've made that abundantly clear. Yeah, I just I don't know I don't know what they would do with him. Like I, <laughs> I just I don't know. You don't um, know what they would do with what? I don't know what the SEC would do with him. Like these these mean? kind what of things they are. They don't have a choice. We talk about. Well, it, nope. So nobody's really talking about his sanctimonious troll comments and whatnot. Like it's not a big news story, all that. But you bring it to the SEC. Okay. And I think so it becomes a news story. But who gives a shit about news stories? They want to win football games at the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, you might be right. Uh, so Washington, of course, gets that win. They, I mean, it's been years, years and years. Like, even when Washington isn't that good, they still find ways to, to beat Washington State by double digits. And it gets old. And it's so frustrating because we want Leeds to win one of these. Um, finally, uh, last thing I've got on my little list here. Let me unzip and pop out my... My Iowa shirt here for everybody that's watching. Iowa 27, Nebraska 24. Iowa gets the W. They don't cover, and that's fine. Uh, I had them in on a, a little money line parlay that actually won out for me. But Iowa gets the win on a last-second field goal and keeps Nebraska from going to a bowl game for the third straight season, the second straight under Scott Frost. Um. What does Nebraska do at this point? 
Well, the, they just gave their coach an extension a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it during it some, like announced it in the middle reporter, of a loss. Some reporter floated out that he might be in consideration for the Florida State job after a four win season and what a six win season. Uh, well, no, this is five. The five win season. Yeah, because awesome. they're not going to a bowl. That's right. Two years in a row, not going to a bowl game. Let's give him an extension, boys. Do uh do they fire defensive staff? Do they do they fire anybody? I, don't know. I mean, what what changes could they possibly make? I, I, I'm I'm done trying to predict how people see or view Nebraska. I'm just waiting for the championship odds to come out next year so I can continue to bet the under on them on their on their win total. Yeah, yeah. we we both made some pretty good money on that this year, was, and it was it was wrapped I mean, up early. It was just the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. Yeah, I mean, it was who under. Thought this is going to be a ten win team. I mean, who really thought that? Oh, I did. Apparently there were some, um, but I, it, it was the total was under eight and a half everywhere, and at best I saw this team going maybe eight and four, and like I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I know you and did. said eight and four. I told you that was foolish. That's but even still, that still wouldn't have gotten over eight and a half. I I I didn't see them being better than a six and sixteen. That's and and they didn't even get to that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and they get a, they got a gimme win against North, North uh, Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, should have lost that game. Because I talked them about that up to one of their losses. Yeah. Now you're right about that. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. Anything else we need to hit on? Nope. Fun week. It definitely was. Looking now we got championship, championship week. week. Oh yeah. So. Uh, a, a lot less games to uh, to have to sort through. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun. I mean, you got well, they're all big. A, a UAB FAU is going to be fun. Memphis Cincinnati round two is going to be fun. Uh, App State against Louisiana is going to be fun. Uh, I am, I'm stoked about this, man. You've got your big matchups as well, but these uh these group of five conferences, like this is going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait to watch Utah and Oregon. That's on Friday night in a standalone window. Uh, Matt said, enjoy Niners and Ravens. Yep, we got about thirty minutes. That's why we're hopping out. <laughs> So we uh we love you guys. Thank you so much for hopping in with us. We we really appreciate these uh these live chat sessions and whatnot. Everybody that jumps in, you are appreciated. Uh, we do love you guys. If you would share the show out, tell your buddies about it. If you're listening on the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Of course, you can find out everything about us, our podcast, picks, previews, videos, our social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter, over at winningcureseverything.com. And the show always brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Uh, tomorrow is Cyber Monday. Go over to um, smackapparel.com. They have got a great deal going on. Use the promo code WIN, W-I-N. They've got all kind of rivalry t-shirts. They will have some new ones after this weekend. Uh, all sorts of stuff for Christmas presents, everything else, with your favorite team's logo and some really fun just novelty shirt ideas and some just really fun you know, cool shirts, not, not even novelty, just really good shirts. So go check it out. Smackapparel.com. Use promo code WIN. They give you 20% off, and it's awesome. So uh, twenty and anything over $40 ships for free. So if you buy two uh, two shirts, then that ships free, right? Isn't that what it is? No, it's $40. Yeah, So, but the shirts are like a little over. Uh, some of these shirts are nineteen ninety nine though. No, right? and so, I would say uh, there were some on there that were cheaper than that. So, yeah, go check it out for yourself. Find out. You can find all kinds of Christmas presents, everything else, or just stuff that you want to buy to rep your team. Uh, hey, Larry, 
Larry Pilgrim jumped in. You know, our Utah buddy. He said, I was born in Biloxi, by the way, guys. So, Mississippi boy. You got to like that. Repping his, uh, his Utes. <laughs> love it. Love it. You guys have been fantastic. Go to tunicatravel.com. Go to smackapparel.com. Use promo code WIN. And go to winningcureseverything.com. We will see you all again for the playoff reaction show on Tuesday night. Till then, y'all be good. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.